Welcome to the Create Smarter Podcast. I'm the host for this episode, Kyle McNaught, and I am joined with Tyler Piper. Tyler, yeah, how's it going? Buddy, I am here, doing good. You're looking more Margaritaville-ish since I last seen you, so that's good. With good reason. Just stayed at Margaritaville with the flamingos on the duvet cover, which was just oh so lovely. Can't tell you how jealous I am that you get to stay a day in Margaritaville. I'm always trying to live a Margaritaville life, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. We can if you want to. <laughs> we should. It should be our after our, for our Patreon subscribers. Um, what I want to talk to you today is going to be a fun thing. I was recently, and you and I kind of do a lot of sales calls. I mean, you constantly are on sales calls. You are our king schmoozer. You are constantly talking to clients. You are constantly talking to prospects. Uh, but I was doing one the other day, and it was interesting because I'm going through the deck. I'm kind of listening to kind of what their problems are, trying to understand what their project is and all that. But there was a lot of hesitation to what they were dealing with. And really, when I kind of started to learn a little bit more, it's that they had an experience with a video company, a video production company that they hated. And they kept asking me, like, is this normal? They're like, these things I experienced, is this supposed to be normal? Did I, it, like, and I kind of was like, oh, yeah. And like, unfortunately, some video production companies do this and that stuff. But like, I understand what the problems are and things like that. And I started thinking about to like my experience when I was sitting on the other side. And I'm like, I had this horror story about like when I was working for a nonprofit, we dealt with a video production company that was creating one video and that video cost $50,000. They showed it in one area and like they brought a bunch of my personas, a lot of thought leaders and stuff that I could have really used B-roll for. And they, I was like, they brought me into a meeting. They're like, Kyle, we're going to have, like, because I was the video guy for that thing. And they're like, we're going to, this is just a little outside of your thing. So we're going to bring someone in. It's going to be awesome. We're going to make this amazing video and stuff like that. And they're walking me through the storyboard. And I go, well, I'm like, well, you guys are going to film with, like, engineers and electricians and people I could really use the video of them. Because there's plenty of times that we're talking and I'm trying to showcase or make my video a little more engaging. Can I get the B-roll for that? And like, what do you mean B-roll? We're not filming B-roll. I'm like, your storyboard has like these people doing actions. And they're like, yeah, but that they're just doing an action. Like we're, we're, we're going to map that out where we're, they're actors. I'm like, no, they're an electrician. Why don't I get B-roll from this electrician? And like, that was like, to me, it was like how much video I have to produce on a daily basis, which we know as both of us people in video, it's 91% of marketers are using digital video at this point. I needed that more than I needed their three-minute video that was going to be played in another thing. I mean, have you? what type of experience have you had with video production when you're sitting on the other side? Yeah, so unfortunately it is the norm, right? And the way a lot of older video production companies, and they're almost filmmaking companies at this point, honestly, <laughs> that, that's how they, they act as, is they're creating short films. And don't get me wrong, there is a time and a place for it. But you have to know that going into it when that time and place is. It's not <clears throat> for your social cuts, for your everyday content that you want to be uploading, that you need to be spending $50,000, like you said, on a, a regular video. I've had very similar situations where you know, I was working for one company, which is no longer in business anymore. They right. were sold. And they would create some really great video content, which was awesome. They did an amazing job. But at the end of the day, we said, we're only using that for an advertisement on television. How are we gonna be leveraging this one video on social? People will grow tired of said one video very quickly. So we basically said, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to take this. We actually didn't even take it in-house. We took it to a small nonprofit that created video content. And we worked with them and we did, um, you know, donated money, donated space and things like that for them to go ahead and <clears throat> leverage. 
And at the end of the day, we got a lot of great content out of it that we were able to put together. So unfortunately, it is the norm what you're talking about right now, but that's not the way it is with everybody. So maybe 90% of the companies are that are out there are like that, but then there's 10%. You do have to find them. I know one. Call us. We can tell you. <laughs> um, that isn't like that. That thinks a little bit differently. But it, it's it's interesting, right? Especially because more and more people, especially in business, they're, they're being forced, they're being expected to create video. I mean, the amount of people we work with on a daily basis that never did video before mm-hmm. or they've done it in a way that they really don't know. Like you're not getting someone who's like, oh yeah, I'm used to doing producing these types of videos. I understand this stuff. Like we're dealing with people who are like, this is just one of the many hats I'm wearing on a day-to-day basis. So I want to I reach out to my LinkedIn audience. I, I kind of put a post out there of just hearing what other marketers kind of their experience with video and stuff. And I kind of brought all that together to think about sort of what are five myths that people have kind of what are things that they experience or what are myths that like is this really how this production works? And I want to kind of run that by you for this type of thing and kind of walk through these myths. Like, is this real? Is it wrong? What should if I'm a marketer kind of experiencing video for the first time or trying to go out there and produce? because I got told you got to create this type of stuff it's how you're going to get attention am I is this the right experience or should I be asking different questions is that cool with you I am good for it let's roll right through it. <laughs> all right so the first one video production is wildly expensive it can be mm-hmm. it can be wildly expensive and don't get me wrong video even at a cheaper scale is more expensive than just writing a blog post right but your return on it is probably going to be better when you do it with video. But with that in mind, it doesn't necessarily have to be expensive and you don't have to go out and spend $50,000 for one video. I would argue that if you do do that, you sure as heck be putting a big giant advertisement budget and you're gonna be putting it on the Super Bowl as well to try to get it in front of a ton of eyeballs. Because otherwise, if you were just creating one video for $50,000, even $20,000 for one video, you're spending too much because your return isn't going to be there. Instead, take that back and create a ton of content that you can reuse, 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 recycle at different cuts, different people, and leverage it throughout the course of a year. You don't want to blow your entire marketing budget on one video. It's just not the right idea. It doesn't have to be that. There are other ways you can do it a lot cheaper, a lot smarter. And I think the thing people get confused about is that the fact that there is tools and software and heck, your phone can shoot 4K and stuff like that. So when someone, with especially with video production, kind of hands you, here's my quote, and you get kind of surprised by that, it's because you're sitting there thinking, I can get on Canva and make something like this. I, I think that a lot of things you need to, um, something you need to walk in and understand is like you're really paying for expertise a lot of times. It's a service that you're paying for. It, unfortunately, there are video production companies that definitely charge for everything, uh, plugging in a cable and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But really what you're Someone do- that pulls focus for, <laughs> right. you know, $150 an hour, which is exactly yeah. what one of the quotes we had back to us, right? Yeah, exactly. But those are the types of things that I think you, to understand what you're getting when it comes to video production. Because if you're comparing it to a piece of software, that's fine, right? You can do a lot of cool stuff. A lot of times you're paying for the peace of mind and the experience and the knowledge that like, hey, I don't just need this one video. I need it vertical. I need it in these formats. I need to understand all this stuff. So when I have to go push it out to different teams that need to help kind of distribute my content, they I can have someone who knows what's being talked about instead of me Google searching forever trying to figure out video stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the way I like to describe it, honestly, is you want Don't go with a video team that understands video. Go with a video team that understands marketing because that is what is going to, at the end of the day, going to help you get more bang for your buck and it's going to make your life a whole heck of a lot easier when it comes to deployment of that content as well. Oh, 100%. I mean, the amount, I've experienced it with you, like just the, the, the knowledge and kind of just life experience you've had when it comes to video production and being able to work with the different 
departments and different organizations and different kind of things that like they're going to not all speak the same language. They all may work for the same company, but how IT thinks about video and how marketing thinks about video and how HR thinks Two about video. Two completely, three completely different things. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, next myth I heard was, this one was what caught me by surprise, is most production companies, video production companies kind of outsource or they're working with a team of freelancers. Is this true or false? It's true and false, right? right. So you, there are very similar to you know video costing a lot of money. It does sometimes, but it doesn't always have to. There are video production companies out there that this comes into the vetting process. Ask the questions. Do you have this in-house? Are you hiring other vendors? Or is it a pass-through cost? Who is the person that is editing? With us, we like to look at it as like, you know, we're handing off the edits. You know David is doing the editing. You right. know Marissa. You know Connor. You know Brooklyn. You know Kyle. They're the ones doing the editing. You know we try to grow that relationship so it's not just oh, that's my A1 over there. That's my V2 over there that's going to be doing things. They're a sound engineer. You don't know where they come from. So there are a lot of video production companies that will bring in and outsource a lot of people. For us, we're a great example of that. We do a little bit of both. We have a team of eight. We're small and nimble. We can only do so much. So we will bring in other people for other pieces of expertise that we need. But more often than not, we handle everything in-house. Our goal at the end of the day is to put together the best possible product with our team for a great price right so that that's what we try to do and of course if things are, are larger and it, we might need someone that has a specific skill in lighting or led walls or something like that mm -hmm. we'll outsource that we will bring that in but that's part of the conversation going into it not oh yeah yeah we do that and then it's just a bunch of random people that you have no idea who their names are right they're not even wearing the right t-shirt they don't have the right logo on their shirt um yeah and i think it, it makes a lot of sense i think from the marketer or the person who's listening to this i think you really need to understand what what you want to know right like you're saying we do kind of we try to be from concept to completion uh, that someone from five tools someone who's employed by us is working through the entire process so we may have to bring specialty uh, expertise and stuff that we just can't employ because we're not a movie production studio right but even then like they still outsource I mean pay attention to the opening credits of any movie right you're seeing 20 different companies that get shown for a reason the video can be very complex and very difficult and to get it right you do need to outsource some of the stuff but it's not a bad thing to have freelancers but it's also understanding what you want like where you want to be able to say like I want to be able to talk to someone that knows my project from like from the beginning to end that's kind of where you just need to be aware of what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, for us, I mean, I look at it. If you look at 90% of our jobs are done in-house entirely, right? There's 10% that will bring one extra person, maybe an audio engineer on site for an event, right? Mm -hmm. But 90% of the stuff is things that we do in-house. Yeah. I mean, but even we think about it, like when we travel and stuff like that. Have to. Yeah, you have to go freelance. And, it makes more sense. And even so, think about it. We're going to Dallas in yeah. a couple of weeks, right? We're going to be bringing five people on site from our team. Mm -hmm. We're going to have two freelancers that are going to be standing behind the cameras as well. But the majority of the harder, com more complex things, we're doing it in-house. Right. Perfect. Uh, another fun myth, and I think the people over this side of the door from us, because just for those who are listening or watching, the right next to us is actually where our edit base sits. Um, video editors hate edits. They don't want to receive them. They want to give you their product. And like you should, why would you ever in your right mind have an edit back for what they provided? They gave you gold. Is that true or false? Well, of course, anybody <laughs> that edits something, you say, oh, I did a great job with this. Mm -hmm. It's done. We would all love that. That's not the real world. Things are going to come back. The, the best thing to do is in the initial stages is to line up and say, hey, we're going to give you X amount of versions, right? There's going to be, th I usually like to say the, you know, there are a rule of three, right? The first one is rough. 
We let them know that it's more about getting the storyline and things in order. Once we do that, the review process comes back. You as a client give back edits and say, okay, I would switch this storyline around slightly. Right, right. Come back and say, okay, round number two is going to be something trying to get that storyline correct. They're not gonna, gonna move out all the pops of the um, people bumping into the microphones. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to polish it up a little bit more. And they say, okay, great. Maybe here's some of the things I would change, I would do. And then your third version is going to be right there close to your final version, right? So as editors, you know, I always try to tell folks on the, the teams, like, think of it as like, yeah, we'd love to have, we're probably gonna have at least three versions of this. Mm -hmm. Might usually be four, to be totally honest with you. When you start going, and the, the hardest part as an editor is when you receive edits from someone else's edits. So in other words, if you say, oh, I really don't like this shot of the person wearing the red shirt, and I want to take this red shirt out and put the person with the orange shirt in because I really want this orange shirt. And then three versions go by. Right. And then you come back and say, I really don't like that orange shirt. Can we do and it's editing the edits. That's when it's really tough. Editors don't mind getting edits, come back and say, yeah, I can understand because their goal is to make it as good as possible. That's going to reach your audience. No one knows your audience like you. So obviously we want to make sure that we do the best job to help create content that reaches that audience. But when you start tweaking your own edits and kind of overthinking it, you know, you're almost letting perfect be the enemy of great, mm -hmm. right? And we see that all the time because perfect is non-existent. That's completely subjective, but things that are great may not necessarily need to change. And we yeah. see that from time to time. I mean, it's also marketing, right? Like you're putting digital video out, like be realistic. Um, I think one of the big life hacks I can tell someone or a pro tip, pro tip time, gather all the edits send it to your team send it to you when you are the the company if you paid for the video gather the right sound all the voices and stuff an editor hates to have 20 different people tell them what they want because plenty of people disagree it's subjective it's technically art at the end of the day it's creative it is something that someone could see something and go i hate that whereas i could see the other thing i know you hate when i put slow-mo on i like slow-mo you hate slow-mo Okay. We're gonna get in something. Are I like slow mo. Each other? I don't. Let's let's, let's hold hands together. A little kumbaya. Yeah. I don't hate slow mo. <laughs> I hate all slow mo when it's the entire thing. I like a little slow mo. I like a little fast. But that's again subjective. Subjective, right? So pro tip: gather all the edits. Come together. Give the editor one voice. Let the editor hear. Great. And just like Tyler said. Don't change the red shirt to the orange shirt four edits later. Be like, you know what? Orange shirt was killing it. I don't know why I went red shirt. That is because they're building a foundation a lot of times. Editing is, like you're saying, the, the versions are because you build the foundation. Then you start to add the stuff. Like by the time you're adding the internet to the home, the last thing you want is be like, oh, this door doesn't work. Like I need to knock down this wall because that's a lot of work. And that's kind of how editing works. It is, it is a lot of foundation setting. You kind of continue to build on that stuff. So if you come back with something that was part of the foundation that you want changed, it stinks. One of the hardest things <laughs> we hear it all the time and I always laugh at is when you know music, music is the most subjective thing <sighs> possible. So when you have a, a video that you have a great song tour and then you say, okay, we're gonna put it through. You've had three times you've heard it in three different versions and then you get through because what happens is editors, we try to edit to the beat as much as possible mm -hmm. to make sure that it ebbs and flows. It goes with the story the same way. But to have someone come back and say, you know what? I don't know if that's the right track. You're essentially changing the entire video and you're creating a, almost a brand new video from scratch. That's when it's very hard. Especially if you look at the numbers, like the amount of people that watch video without sound at this point in time is truly 
it, you need to start thinking that way, right? As much as people call, I want vertical, I want vertical. You need to think about captions, no sound, like how your audience really is going to watch this uh, because that is how people are watching stuff on social. And when you're like changing the music, you're like, <sighs> it's that's the noise that's made. <laughs> right. That's it. Um, two final things. We're going to try to go a little more rapid fire with this. The final videos are all the videos that like basically the final video is all that I should expect to get. True or false? No, th- that should be false. There are production companies out there that will get, you know, quote you for one video and one video only. Look at the fine details. Are you going to get the raw footage out of this? Aren't you going to get the raw footage out of this? Are you going to go ahead and be able to um, take things that are ended up in the cutting room floor? A great example is if you do, say, four interviews. Perfect. Yesterday I did five interviews on site in New York City. Those are going to be 30-second sound bites that make it into a, you know, a, a three-minute video at the end of the day. What about all the other stuff? They still said some great things. They said some bad things that will never see the light of day, but they did say, say some wonderful things about the organization, about individual people, about work ethic, about team that you can leverage for other content further on down the line. It could be for a quick Instagram story. They just want one individual soundbite. It could be another entirely different video. Yes, it might have some of the similar people and it might have a different vibe, but it could be a completely different topic that you release six months down the line. So don't walk into it saying, oh, I want this video. If you're saying that, you're doing it wrong. Come in and say, I need to create this content, and then what are we going to use the rest of it for? All right, you're taking a subject matter expert, you're taking a thought leader, you're taking anyone's time to record the video, especially if you're doing interview subjects, stuff like that. I mean, those sound bites are gold. That The video that you're going to create from it, great. But I, I think one of our clients, Evertrue, does an amazing job at wanting the raw for all that stuff because they come back and give us the video. Like, hey, I want this. Like, I want to blend together these sound bites because, like, I want to have a video that talks about this. The big thing is having that one final video. If you want to go back and you give it to another video team, another editor, someone who didn't create it, you go to another video production company, There's not much we can do if it's got music, if it's got cuts, if it's got all these things. There isn't a way that we can remove stuff from a video. Mm -hmm. Like there is no We don't have the raw files to go and strip things out. And this kind of goes into the planning process as well. And I use interviews as a great example because you might be at a conference that's uh, about televisions, right? Mm -hmm. I'm just saying because there's a TV right here. It might be about televisions. And you want, you're interviewing an expert that produced the televisions. But you know that they're also working on microphones later on. They're working on cameras as well. say um, Say it's Sony, right? Perfect example. A Sony television that's the the lead engineer on a Sony television, but you know that he's also happens to be working on projectors coming up later on. And he might also be working on headphones as well. So with that in mind, while he's there, ask 20 questions about the television. Ask him another one about that projector and ask him another one about the headphones because right now you might not need it, but it's a lot cheaper to go back and say, don't we have sound bites from Kyle talking about headphones? Versus, let's call up the production company. Let's get a quote. Let's do all this. It's already there for you. One shoot, many pieces of content. Yep. I know it's something that we preach here at Five Tool, but there's a reason behind that. It's that. It's no so you don't have to consist. It shouldn't be every single video project's a new project. You should be building. You should be creating your database of like, great, I've got all this amazing sound from these people. I'm going to continue to grow this stuff. I'm going to know the knowledge, what's changed, what I actually need to do, that type of stuff. Last myth that we have, and this one's kind of be sort of a fun one, but video production takes a long time. No, not at all. I mean, it, it can. It depends on what you're doing, right? I mean, I, I look at it and I kind of laugh. So I started in the news world, right? I worked in standard television. You'd wake up, 
You'd call, you'd get a story, you'd shoot it, you'd write it, you'd edit it in one day, and it'd have to be ready for 5 o'clock news. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think a lot of people get caught up on, and they talk about operating as a media company. That's how a true media company, a newsroom, a television station newsroom, operates. They put content out, and of course, could it be better? Could there have revisions? But you know what? It's here today, gone tomorrow. That is the world we live in. Create something, put it out quick, make sure it's good, but it doesn't have to be perfect because we know there's no such thing. So go ahead and put something out on a regular basis and quickly. On the flip side, if you want a super long commercial shoot that you are running for the Super Bowl, that's not something that is likely going to be put together in a week. That's going to take revisions. That's going to take time. But at the same time, I laugh because one of the most watched videos uh, at the Super Bowl were the ones when the QR code is floating across the screen or when someone did a screen capture of the television and said, wait a minute, what's going on on TV right now? Someone's sitting on the remote. Those are the ones that actually did the best. Those were the quick ones. So you don't have to overthink it and have several rounds, several months. Now, on the flip side, you do want to give your production company a little bit of time because while we want to be as um, white glove to mm -hmm. you as humanly possible, there are other clients, there are other, other projects that are going on as well. So that goes in part of the the discussion initially, say, hey, I need this by, you know, Phil says it all the time, the boat, right? The budget of objective, um, audience and timeline. Yeah. So like, <laughs> what is the what is the timeline? When does this final video need to be done? All right, if it needs to be done next Friday, then here's the days that we need to be able to shoot, edit, mm -hmm. and complete it, and what it will look like at the end of the day, too. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. The type of content matters. Scripted content does take more time because you want to make sure you plan it out right. You got to block it out right. You got to shoot it right. You got to bring it all in. There's coloring, there's stuff like that. I mean, like we talked about editing, right? There's layers to editing. So it does take some time. There's still the ability to move fast, but you gotta understand that like a very high three-day shooted scripted type of thing takes some story building that takes some time to make sure you're kind of working through all that stuff. But yeah, it's definitely something that can be interesting. It's always the timeline, something that like they don't under, because they've never done video before. So a lot of times you walk in, you're like, how long is this supposed to take? What am I supposed to kind of expect and when yeah. I expect it? A good video production company should be creating a timeline. They should be walking you through this so you know when milestones are hit and you're not missing anything or if something gets missed, it's being like pronounced it's not, wow, we're six months later and we still haven't created the video I asked for. That's the communication process mm -hmm. throughout, right? Making sure that we're, everyone's honest with one another of like, yes, we are going to be able to reach this timeline, but in order to reach that timeline, we need these four steps to be hit and committed to along the process. And if you miss one, well, that timeline, you know, things might have to shift around a little bit, or we might have to bump that timeline back a little bit. And I know sometimes timelines are set in stone, events, they happen no matter what. Well, if that's the case, then we need to make sure that we're, we're true to ourselves and say, here's how much time we need to make sure we get that done. But yep. on the flip side, if you're creating some of that and just posting it up on Instagram tomorrow, it might not necessarily need to be uh, a three-month process to have that one video. That might be, I'm going to shoot next week and we'll have it done in a week after. It will be good. Let's do it fast. We don't let perfection get in the way of like getting it done. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, I think you and I are always happy to join in. If anyone listening or watching here has questions or miss or has some like wants just, hey, is this normal? Uh, we're definitely resources for this. I, I would love to hear with the listeners or audience, is there any miss that they've experienced? What are other things? I know I went to my LinkedIn audience. They're mm -hmm. still writing me uh, and stuff like that. I brought some of those examples, but definitely a fun conversation here, Ty. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. It was a good one. Absolutely. See you later. Thank you.